Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here going solo today to break down Knicks Media Day. And uh, it was sort of an uneventful one. And the Knicks themselves had a bit to do with that by not posting too much about it online and doing their duty there. So I'm going to talk about that a bit. But we did hear from Manuel quickly, who left no doubt about his playing status while he waits for a new contract. So that's good. <laughs> and we'll talk about that. Dante DiVincenzo's first comments as a Nick, uh, Tom Thibodeau being Tom Thibodeau and uh, revealing a couple things, good and bad, about what's to come here. And maybe a City Edition jersey leak. So that's all coming up next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. Here he comes right now. Starts without a five. Ewing for the win. Yes! Up, up left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. And he's out. Anthony for three. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. Make sure you hit that auto-download function on your favorite podcast app or the notification bell on YouTube. So you never miss an episode. You can be an everydayer because uh, we're here for you guys five days a week now, now that we're into the Knicks content season again. Uh, I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Knicks site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. And you can see some good media day coverage on there from us. We got an article coming out actually about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, so this was, this was something that uh, my buddy Zach Blatter wrote for The Strickland that it's probably out at the time that you're listening to this episode, and I couldn't help but agree. So I think the first thing I want to talk about from Media Day is like, where was the or well, no, to be clear, what the Knicks call now Content Day, which makes it which underscores even more how this was sort of an annoying thing. But it, Content Day, right? You think, oh, we're gonna get flooded with stuff. Look at like what some of the other teams around the league did. Look at the the Heat with Jimmy Butler with his emo haircut and, you know, all these other various teams that are putting out tons and tons of content for fans to take in all day. The Knicks kind of didn't do that. Uh, it was, I, I don't know. They waited till very late in the day before they put up anything that uh, uh, from this event. And then it was all pretty underwhelming. It was just kind of standard stuff that anyone with a Twitter account could have done, you know, with access to the photos that were there, just like Quentin Grimes getting ready for this year. Oh, here's, here's the Nova guys. And it's like all the Nova guys standing there wearing funny sunglasses. It's like, he, he fun, but you expect more as far as like these guys being loose with one another and, you know, having fun and, you know, videos captured from behind the scenes. And yet there's very little of that for the Knicks. Uh, in this this content day, allegedly, uh, you know, they put up all of, I think, seven or eight Twitter posts the whole day. And again, most of them were just kind of photos, uh, which is 
I don't know. I, it would be more fine if they were not as restrictive with letting people in as they are. And I think that's sort of a, a one place where I don't like, I don't know if this is necessarily eating crow, but where I want to say, like, you know, I've often said on here as far as like the Knicks beat uh, saying, oh, we don't get to talk to Leon Rose. We don't get to do this. We don't get to do that. And a lot of times I think, yeah, but I don't think the fans really care too much about like, like Leon Rose hearing from him and hearing him just say, we like our team. We like what we've built, blah, blah, blah. I don't get it. You know, I don't think that, I don't think that this is like Watergate, you know, that they're going to get some sort of, uh, you know, huge groundbreaking quote out of Leon Rose. That's going to, you know, shake the, the Knicks universe or whatever, or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. So in that respect, I've always sort of been like, eh, you know, I think they're, I think they're just complaining about stuff that the fans don't really care that much about. And yet in this case, you know, the Knicks have put a lot of, uh, by having this more restrictive media policy and limiting who they let in past, you know, obviously yesterday the Knicks let some stuff got out because, you know, they, they had the press conferences with all the players and with Tibbs, put them in front of, you know, the, the room of reporters. But then once they were done with that room of reporters, there was no more access to those guys. And at that point, it sort of falls on the Knicks to get content to the fans that want it. And, I think that they sort of failed at that yesterday. So, you know, it's just something to consider. I I think it's, I think when you're a team and you want to, you want to control your own narrative that much and not allow people in, then an extra burden falls on you to make sure that the fans get what they want. And I, I don't think that the Knicks did a good job at that mission on content day. And I, I think they should probably take a look inward at this point and say, okay, if if we want to continue this where we're not going to welcome media in, like, for example, had Gavin and I been given the opportunity, like, I probably would have taken the day off of work yesterday and gone to content day and, you know, talk to the players and whatever. And, you know, had there been opportunities to go in the back, you know, would have tried to, you know, like kept it lighthearted, but, you know, tried to capture some fun moments of the players, you know, joshing around with each other during their photo shoots and crap like that. You know, it's, it's those little things where I think, you know, being that afraid of, of something bad getting out or whatever, or, you know, what, whatever it is that the Knicks are, are worried about it sets you up for then, well, okay, well now you have to curate all the good stuff and they didn't really do too much of that. So, you know, not really, not usually my my stance that you know the the media policy of the Knicks is is a problem, and I still don't know that I would call it a a huge problem, but I do just think it was a little disappointing, you know, from a fan perspective to to go into yesterday expecting to see more out of the team and then not really seeing as much. Granted, I still have enough to talk about for the rest of the show. Uh, there were some quotes that the that the players and Tibbs gave. Uh, so I'm going to start getting into those in a sec, like Emmanuel quickly, uh, leaving no doubt about his status, which was great to see Quentin Grimes being confirmed as the starter, some quotes from Dante DiVincenzo about why he signed with the Knicks, uh, some strategy comments from Tibbs, one of which I called when Kevin and I were, were previewing what we wanted to hear or didn't want to hear on media day. So we'll talk about that 
and also maybe a city edition leak that might be my favorite city edition jersey ever if it looks like how it apparently looks uh but first i just got to remind you all that today's show is brought to you by ibotta and the weather is getting cooler and that means it's time to stock your closet with winter clothes with ibotta you can get cash back on winter coats hats gloves scarves and more for the whole family because ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It really is that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $100 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Other apps give you points you that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. And you can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. So download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCKED to start earning real cash back. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. All right, and I'm back in to continue talking about Nick's media day. And as much as I just said in the last segment, you know, the Knicks didn't give us as much fun behind the scenes stuff as I would have liked. There was still press conferences where uh, some intrepid reporters got to go and, uh, you know, check in with the Knicks. So we had Ian Begley in the house. We had Stefan Bondi, who's now at the Daily News, or sorry, the Post in the house. Uh, we had uh, Steve Popper got one of the, <laughs> transcribed my most depressing quote, <laughs> which will come up in a minute. Uh, and Chris Percy Einan, who from, uh, you might know from uh, Nick's film school. Um, and also he covers for WFUV, which is Fordham. Uh, he was in the building too, and he did a great job. So shout out to Chris. He got tons of really good quotes and, and good videos and stuff. Uh, but so first, Emmanuel quickly. Leaves no doubt about his status uh, going into training camp. He was asked pretty point blank, like, would you consider sitting out to get a contract, you know, through training camp? And he's like, nah, I'm playing. Cool. Good. Short, sweet, to the point. Uh, he led his presser by shouting, we back, man, let's go. So it seems like he's pretty excited about getting back into the swing of things. Um, he said basically on the extension front, he's leaving it to his agent. And he's just excited to play. So that's always that's always good to see. I wouldn't really expect anything different from quickly. Um, you know, I, I think that he has sort of over the course of his career just always been he knows what to say, you know, he knows how to how to uh behave in front of the media. Um, you know, and he always says the right thing. You know, he's never been one for a problematic quote. Uh, but that's kind of the case for most of the guys on this team. Like None of these guys really use the the media as a mouthpiece in any way. They kind of keep everything in house. It seems like, other than the the one weird OB leak, uh, like during the playoffs last year, where or right after the playoffs when it was you know OB apparently like yelling at Tibbs in the locker room. But this team does a pretty good job of keeping everything under wraps. Whatever feelings they're having outside of basketball uh, or thoughts they're having outside of basketball don't generally reach a microphone. So. Uh, that that was unsurprising as far as Quick's concerned. And yet, you know, there was a real opportunity for him to use this as a power play, and he didn't. So, you know, I kind of give him props for that. Uh, you know, he could have used this to kind of put the screws to the Knicks a little bit. 
and saying, well, you know, I'm, I do really want an extension, you know, like it would be nice if we could get this done, you know, as soon as possible so that that's off my mind going into training camp or something like that. But he didn't have anything of, of that effect to say. Uh, so, you know, the Knicks just employ a bunch of a bunch of very, uh, very focused dudes that just want to play basketball, which I, I like. And it it shows in the way that they play. They they are very passionate about their craft. And, you know, I think this is just uh, another example of that. Speaking of someone who is who is passionate about his craft, Quentin Grimes has been confirmed as the starting shooting guard. Uh, so Tibbs got asked about the starting lineup and, you know, if Dante DiVincenzo might shake things up here or Josh Hart or whatever. And he was pretty, he was pretty steadfast on, you know, he brought up a bunch that December 4th of last year uh, was the big turning point for this team when they changed the starting lineup and inserted Quentin Grimes in there, benched Evan Fournier, um, you know, and, and was pretty adamant about, we're not going to change that. You know, we like what we have in the starting lineup. So it's going to be Brunson, Grimes, Barrett, Randall, Robinson, and then we'll figure things out off the bench. Uh, but still reassuring to hear. I mean, obviously, going into last year, there was a lot of hope that Grimes would have a path to starting. And it seemed like, at first at least, that they were committed to, like, no, we're going to play Evan Fournier. You know, he's the starter at first, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this time, he seems much more resolute, you know, with Grimes. He seems, I mean, and we know that Tibbs loves Grimes. He played him 44 minutes in a playoff game, and he was guarding Jimmy Butler on one leg, you know, last year in the playoffs. So, you know, he was he's going to be an integral part of what this team does. But it's just good to hear that regardless um, and, you know, get that confirmation that he is going to be in the starting lineup. And then we heard from Dante DiVincenzo, who I think the main thing here is that he just wants to win. Uh, so this this quote, I think uh, I think Ian Begley transcribed, but uh, Dante said, but ultimately, I like to win basketball games as far as why he signed with the Knicks. Looking at where I was potentially going to land, I felt more most comfortable coming here. Um, he also noted that he loves his former Villanova teammates and now current Knicks teammates. Told a fun little story about how Brunson was like dancing on like a FaceTime call or whatever when uh, he told him about him signing in New York. So kind of similar to the the reaction when um, Brunson heard about Josh Hart getting traded to the Knicks when there was that that viral video of him being at his number retirement at Villanova and then being told that Josh Hart signed with the Knicks or sorry, got traded to the Knicks and then freaking out. I can only imagine it was similar to that. Brunson is a fun loving dude and he seems, he seems like a fun friend and a fun teammate. So I believe that. Um, but yeah, otherwise Dante did try to, you know, in multiple quotes, tried to downplay the whole Villanova thing. I think, you know, just to be like, look, we're not going to be this like tribe of Villanova dudes, like in the middle of uh, our professional basketball team. Like they're, you know, they're all Knicks first and foremost, I think was what he was getting at. Uh, and their connection just runs deep from college, but that's it. Um, so that's good. And then Tibbs did mention that Dante could potentially get a little, potentially get a little run as point guard off the bench. So he noted uh, his and Quickly's versatility, I'm hoping this is just something they uses for the occasional set. I don't see any world where, for example, both Quickly and Brunson would be out, which would necessitate DiVincenzo running point guard, short of an injury, of course. So I guess maybe that's more what 
what this is going to be about, just kind of having him prepared for that. Because otherwise, yeah, it's like if you don't want to move Deuce McBride into that spot, you know, some if you want to move someone else into the rotation, should there be like an injury or something, maybe you want to trust Dante with running the second unit for a couple minutes per game or whatever. That was something um, that Cyrus from Locked On Warriors mentioned to me was that, I mean, he straight up called Dante a point guard, which raised my eyebrows when the Knicks first signed him. So, you know, maybe that's something that's worth experimenting. That said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look to it often if you have both Brunson and quickly at your disposal. But, you know, I, I do appreciate if Tibbs would be looking to try some stuff out in practice uh, that then could be used in games because that doesn't seem to be something that he does all that often. So I guess we'll see if that's that's something. But there's uh, another couple big Tibbs quotes in the next segment. One about the backup four situation, which I unfortunately called uh perfectly <laughs> and then uh he kind of eviscerated evan fournier with facts and the next city edition jersey might have leaked so that's all coming up in the next segment but we'll take our final break and come right back all right and i'm back in to finish talking about nick's media day again not the not the craziest media day i mean i guess you sort of expect that um in terms of quotes and stuff there was not a ton of upheaval so there's not a lot of talk about you know oh this year is going to be different you know whatever and all these things about how things are going to be radically different which is going to change things for the Knicks this year which has been a common theme at previous Knicks media days uh, instead a lot of just we're going to keep grinding we're going to keep doing what we did last year we're happy with where we were last year and we're ready to get into another year cool I'm fine with that uh but so Tibbs did get asked about the backup four situation, which I think is probably the biggest one of the one of the biggest things that you can look at and say, well, this is potentially going to be drastically different than last year. And so this is what Tibbs had to say about the backup four situation. I think uh, Steve Popper had this quote transcribed. So shout out to Steve Popper he said the value of Josh Hart is he can guard two, three and four and you're not losing rebounding and you're gaining playmaking. But then. Popper made sure to note Tibbs noted they can go big with Jericho Sims at the four also, which is something I was worried about. Uh, I look, I don't know if it's going to be something that we see for more than a, a few minutes, every few games, or maybe it's something that we see for a few minutes, every game, either way, it, it worries me a little bit. This is why I kind of was, saying all off season, like, can they just sign a, a backup four, you know, or maybe even someone that can swing four or five a little bit, you know, just for a different look. Uh, I, I would have loved if they could have gotten another four man, maybe they still will, who knows. Uh, but you know, I, I just don't, I don't know that I, I, I like Jericho Sims on the defensive end. As far as what he brings there, I think that was the only reason that when they did go to, they went to Sims and, and Hartenstein off the bench for a bit last year. And I think that that was the only reason that it worked was because of Sims's defense offensively. I just think it's, it's, it's a woeful, woeful look to put him and Hartenstein out there, unless you really want to lean into Hartenstein running things out of the, like the top of the key, you know, and getting the ball there at the elbow and just kind of looking for Sims to cut for like a dunk. But that's, 
that's even just such a pet play that maybe you'll get that once and then it'll just get shut down. And then what do you do? It's like Sims can't stretch the floor. Uh, the Knicks are not a team that runs a ton of pick and roll. So it's not like you can get, you know, a pick and roll set where you have a bunch of guys diving to the hoop or anything. Like, it's just, I don't know. It feels like kind of a mess to me. Um, it's it's just not a good offensive lineup, period. You know, hopefully you don't have to go to it for that often. But I do think, I think regardless of Tibbs's, uh inclinations towards going big, I think there are going to be some situations where the Knicks throw Josh Hart out there at the four and look and say, man, I, I think, you know, his rebounding advantage kind of goes away a bit when he's that much shorter than the guy that he's matched up against. You know, I think that one of Josh Hart's greatest strengths as far as rebounding is just like the fact that he's out there as your nominal three or your nominal two and also has a great nose for the ball and crashes in from the perimeter to get those rebounds and kind of snatch them out of the hands of the bigger guys unexpectedly. But put in a situation where he's just going to have to bang with these guys down low and you know, box out all these guys that are much bigger than him and everything else. I don't know. I hope it doesn't, I hope it doesn't take too much of a toll on him physically. And I hope that it doesn't, you know, put a damper on his, one of his greatest skills of rebounding uh, against some of these teams that have bigger benches or just bigger lineups in general. You know, if he ends up out there as the four against the Cavs, for example, you know, Julius Randle managed to bully uh, Evan Mobley around last year, but will Josh Hart be able to, I don't know. Uh, I think that maybe the height advantage would just become too much at that point. Uh, so we'll see as far as that goes. But, you know, some backup for news. Uh, <laughs> so moving to another comment. Poor Evan Fournier just got, I mean, he just got destroyed by facts here. <laughs> uh, it, Fournier didn't do media availability, obviously, but he is apparently with the team right now, uh, which is surprising because he really wanted to be traded. And he was very vocal about it all summer, basically saying that the Knicks like, I think he spoke to a French publication where he more or less implied the Knicks were like holding him hostage right now or something. Uh, but so Tibbs said, as far as Fournier, I have great respect for him. It's hard to argue with a 37 and 22 record and a plus net rating. That's it. <laughs> you know, just basically saying that was, of course, the 37 and 22 record and the plus net rating was after they benched him. Um, so I don't, I don't think we're ever going to see Fournier put on a, a, walk onto a floor as a Nick again, uh, as far as, you know, walking out to play. I think he's going to be on the bench for a bit. I honestly think, and I mean, it, it stinks. This is the business side of basketball. I think the Knicks are basically just holding him at this point for any prospective trades this year, because he is a very valuable chunk of salary to use in a trade making like, I think $19 million this year. So I, I think that's kind of what the Knicks are doing. Stinks for Fournier, but you know, it kind of is what it is at this point. Uh, and then the final thing. So for as much as the Knicks did not put out a ton of videos internally, they may have snuck a Jersey into the back of a city edition Jersey into the back of a video. Cause I'm assuming that they did all the photo shoots you know, if the guys in all their uniforms, which they only included the the basic, um, you know, association and icon uh, uniforms, which are just the normal blue and white, uh, you know, home and away uniforms. I think I actually only saw guys in the home uniforms, the whites. But in the background, you saw a guy with his with his arm out with a couple jerseys hung on it. And they certainly look like a brand new city edition jersey for this year. 
There's no way to know for sure. Uh, if you want to kind of like, if you want to be surprised, just wait. And I'm sure they'll announce them in the next couple weeks. But uh, if you like me, love Nick's jerseys and you want to spoil it for yourself, once you know that this information is out there, uh, just search Nick's city edition on Twitter. And uh, there was a, a couple users that made like renders and uh, of what you could see of the Jersey draped over the guy's arm. My opinion, they look pretty sick. I am, I am very excited. Like if the renders are accurate, which I looked at the, the leak, you know, the, the little bit that you could see peeking out of these jerseys on this guy's arm. Uh, I, I think they're going to be pretty sick. They're finally, finally an homage to the black trapezoid jerseys uh, of the late nineties, uh, which are probably my favorite. Cause I was the first team that I ever, the first Knicks team that I ever like fell in love with was, was that 99 team that went to the finals. And so they pay homage to that Jersey, but have like, looks like a cool sort of like dual tone uh, uh, chest, you know, New York logo, which is sick, but otherwise stay pretty, pretty faithful. I think to the, the original Jersey, uh, which is just, I mean, you know, essentially a blue Jersey with black uh, trapezoidal stripes down the, the sides and then orange trim and a New York logo across the chest. And that's it. It's, Looks pretty sick to me. I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, if you want to, uh, that information is now free to you. You can go look it up on on Twitter. I did not know about this, and then I heard about it from someone uh, this morning, and was like, "Oh, I gotta go look that up." And then I did, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty sick. Uh, so check that out if you want to. But that's pretty much it for media day. I don't think there was too much uh, else that was like groundbreaking. Now we're gonna have to just start seeing what comes out of practices. And what comes out of the preseason, obviously. So, and that's not too far away. By the end of the week, we'll have our first preseason game. So, till then, thank you all for listening. We got a bunch of great other episodes for you guys this week, um, including a little more whip around coverage where we're talking to some other Eastern Conference teams. And then, of course, getting into some individual player previews for the Knicks. I believe we have Emmanuel quickly coming before the end of the week. So, uh, definitely keep your eyes out for that. But until next time, thank you all for listening and I'll talk to y'all soon. Peace out, everybody.